Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Check out Unpacking Israeli History Podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups Hamas and Hezbollah to the story of Nakba to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff. My name is Margaret Kiljoy, and I will not continue the bit where I set up the expectation that I will tell a new joke in each introduction. Because if I do, my life will get so much worse, and I don't have enough jokes. Uh, Sophie, you got a joke? Shireen? Anyone? Shireen is like the funniest person right now. Hey, no pressure. Uh, I don't know if I have a joke right now. A lot of my jokes are like annoyingly visual. Um... Hmm. Like my go-to is like the daddiest joke, not daddies. You know, like the dad joke. <laughs> daddiest oh, joke. That is not oh, what no, I meant. Daddy joke is very That's different than a dad joke. Uh, but oh, let me think. I mean, I'll just explain it to you. You can use your imagination. But basically, okay. you put your hand uh, up as like a little cup, like you're making your hand into a U shape, mm-hmm. uh, and you ask people, "What is that? What is this?" And they're like, "What are you doing? You're a weirdo." And then you mm-hmm. put your uh, upper forearm from the other arm on it, and you're like, "It's a gun rack." I love that joke so ah, much because <laughs> muscles are guns. Muscles Hell are yeah! Guns. Um, Hell yeah! I'm gonna and, use that. Uh, I think it's funny because that's the only gun that I approve of. Everybody, knock knock. <laughs> Who's, Who's there? there? Beats. Beats who? Beats, Beats me. me! Uh, okay sophie okay i got a knock knock joke you start knock knock who's there i don't know this is your joke (laughs) that's the point of the joke (laughs) i'm like i don't know this is your bit like you you know i got nothing okay my guest today is shireen shireen how are you doing today I'm I'm good. I'm good. I actually am excited about the continuation of the story because you've definitely got me intrigued uh, and not much can do that these days. So hell yeah. Cliffhangers for the win. <laughs> yes. Sophie is our producer. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Shireen. I like this little trio. I like this. Hey, this fun. is fun. It's a vibe. Yeah. And Ian is our editor. He's in charge of editing all the parts where Sophie reveals the secret of the alchemist stone. And Unwoman wrote out our theme music. So, this is part two of our two-part series of women who murdered their husbands, or rather, um, well, uh, the people who provided the poison. Good times were had by all, except potentially the husbands. Which deserved it, probably. So Yeah, many of them. So, we heard about the legend of Aqua Tafana, the cosmetic poison made by one brilliant poison lady. So, let's figure out what we know of the truth. We will start in Palmero a city in southern Italy, well, it's in Sicily, which is part of Spain at the time, where we meet two aspiring widows, Tofania Diadama and Francesca Lasarda. And they were part of a thriving scene in Italy, which someone describing a similar community in Paris referred to as the criminal magical underworld. Hmm. Rome, for example, at the time, had upwards of 200 magical practitioners uh, we don't actually know how many Palmero had, but, you know, as a capital of the region. What, what qualifies as magical is my question. Oh, oh we will tell you. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Did I set that up? <laughs> Perfectly. Everyone who couldn't go to the, the proper channels of, like, doctors with leeches mm-hmm. would go to magicians on the street who would sell them shit that 
honestly was probably about as effective as what the leech doctors had on offer. There were witches, they were sorcerers, and they were priests. The underworld uh, included and possibly revolved around these priests who had gone all in for evil shit and lived double lives and led black masses. And this, okay, I'll get to what I do and don't believe of this particular part. Mm -hmm. But these evil priests would live double lives, lead black masses with naked women as the altar in order to imbue different potions and salves and shit with magic. And they chanted in a made-up mystical language that they all came up with together that was just Latin and Greek and Hebrew all stuck together. Basically, like, all the old-timey languages they had access to. That's funny. And they weren't quite, like, Satanists. Their magic supposedly came from God, just in really weird ways. Mm. They would use blessed wands to make potions in the shadow of a cross that contained a fragment of the true cross. Oh. While, like, leading black masses with naked ladies as the altar. Oh. And I, I wasn't sure I believed any of this shit. Uh-huh. But there are a ton of documents from the time attesting to it and lots of confessions, although, come on, witch hunts and inquisitions, I don't trust the confessions. Mm-hmm. But I think some of the shit was actually real. I believe it. I 100% believe yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> to quote the historian Mike Dash, this quote just because it's fucking cool, raids conducted by the police on the, on the Paris underworld of the 1680s uncovered quantities of grimoires, incense, wands, and a rich variety of ingredients used in sexual magic, including breast milk and bags of powdered menstrual blood. Hmm. How do you make that into a powder? I guess it's like, you, you just dry it out, You right? dry it out and yeah. crush it up. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll also, we still do, not everybody, but mm-hmm. the, the culture of witchy, witchiness is still alive and well, whether it comes oh, to totally. like crystals or even like even meditation in my opinion can be mm-hmm. a form of that kind of energetic yeah. uh change so yeah. or, or even like i don't know it's just i i think it's very interesting how it's evolved but it's still here very much oh, totally. in my opinion and like a lot of it is super legit and a lot of it's not and it's impossible to yeah. tell who's a grifter and who's legit just like back then because mm-hmm. i think a lot of that shit that people did probably fucking worked right because you could yeah. go to the magical underworld and get an abortion. And you could get poison and you get general healing. You could get fortunes and horoscopes. You could get love charms. You could get cures for your bad breath. Whatever ailed you, they'd take care of you. No questions asked. They would uh, sell stillborn fetuses to gamblers who used them as good luck charms. Whoa. They also dealt with, quote, unwanted babies. And I don't know whether that means abortion, infanticide, or selling children through underground adoption services or to slave traders. I have no idea. Honestly, I kind of mm. think it was all of the above. Mm-hmm. At the time, at the same time, you have this magical not underworld that was flourishing, right? Because science and magic are fucking at the time. And royalty was dumping tons of money on alchemists who the like most famous thing that alchemists were trying to do was like transmute base metals into gold. They were like, oh, we'll turn lead into gold or whatever. But then they were also trying to cure disease and live forever and improve crop yields and basically just like do science and magic all put together. And while not everyone involved in magic or alchemy were up to the poison thing, these two women, they they might have done some other shit. They probably sold charms and potions or whatever, but they also sold poison. It's likely that Tofania was who invented Aqua Tofana, mm-hmm. named after herself. It's also possible they just sold people arsenic. Mm-hmm. And... I suspect that they were breaking the law by working without their husband's permission, um, which is just terrible. I bet their husbands didn't even know what they were doing. Yeah. And they, they did, they reached their main aspiration, which was to become widows. As best as I could tell, they both offed their husbands in order to return to the status of free people. But it didn't go well for these two particular women. First Francesca and then Tofania went down for the magic trick of turning their husbands into corpses. So the state pulled the magic trick of turning them into corpses um, by a bit more gruesome of a method. So for all of the like, oh, these like evil poisoners, like the shit that happens to people is from the state is so much worse than what these fucking Mm -hmm. poisoners are doing. Tofania was either hang drawed and quartered or one account at the time says that she was sewn up alive into a canvas sack and then thrown from the roof of the bishop's palace into the street in front of a large crowd. Wow. That's brutal. Yeah. 
And I, I think they pulled off being poisoners for a long time, though, and maybe had a good run of it before they got thrown from sacks from the bishop's roof. So maybe it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. And most everything focuses on this other woman, Julia Tufana, who was born Julia Mangiardi. And legend has her as Tufania's daughter, who learned the trade from mom, and then after mom's execution, took off to Rome with some of the other students to set up a poison shop in the big city. And apparently it was a vaguely normal thing at the time in Italy or Sicily or whatever to, for a woman to take her mother's first name as her own last name. But it seems just as likely that she took the name Tofana as a last name because she was selling aqua Tofana. It also seems possible that she never went by Tofana, and this is the name that folklore has described to her, and she mm-hmm. spent her whole life going by uh, Mangiardi. There's no evidence that she was Tofani's kid, Tofania's kid, but there is also no evidence that she wasn't. Whatever. It's also possible she left for Rome before any of that. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Aqua Tofana. The symptoms, according to a public notice that was put out later once everyone got busted, were, to quote the book, Toxicology in the Middle Ages and Renaissance in a chapter by Mike Dash. The symptoms were a burning pain in the throat and stomach, vomiting, extreme thirst, and diarrhea, all of which point to arsenic as the active ingredient of the poison. The suggested antidote was lemon juice and vinegar. And to, to continue the quote, Aqua Tofana was described as clear and tasteless, suggesting that a key part of the manufacturing process was masking the characteristic metallic taste of arsenic. It was also considered to be a relatively gentle poison, which did not produce so much vomiting as, and hence aroused less suspicious than, other preparations known at the time. So basically, all of the different poisons that you were getting on the street that were any good were just different concoctions of arsenic, and it was just like mm-hmm. people figuring out different ways to like prepare the arsenic Right. I mean, it is interesting. I wonder how they did mask that taste because it's impressive. I know. And I, I, I think that there's some suspicion that they like did some masking of the taste, but not actually as much as people claim. It was not as perfect of a poison as people claim. It was a very good poison, but mostly it was I mean, yeah. added to wine because wine exactly. covers Exactly. I was the... going to say like if you add like a couple drops to wine, it's probably not even traced yeah. or like you can't taste it at all. Yeah. And so Tofana wasn't alone. Her stepdaughter, who um, just happened to be a widow, surprise there, named Girolama Spara, or Spana, depending on which book you read. Both books are, people are very committed to these different spellings, and they're very legitimate seeming sources. Spara sold to the aristocratic circles that she worked in as a professional astrologer, right? Mm. So she would get hired to predict the future and find missing objects and tell people about themselves and shit. Well, Giovanna de Grandis sold to working class women. Um, mostly she was a beggar and she would hang out outside churches because churches where women could gather and talk. And there's all these like cartoons of the time about how like when women talk at church, it's the devil talking through them, um, which most of the time is bullshit. But I guess sometimes they were conspiring to kill all their husbands or whatever. So uh, whatever. Yeah, every joke they say is a layer of truth. But, mm. Yeah. And they also sold other shit, right? They weren't just poisoners. They, they worked as cunning women or sometimes wise women or uh, divineresses. And they were selling charms and, you know, telling fortunes and shit. Mm-hmm. They started exporting poison to other cities too uh, through women they trusted. And they had this whole regional distribution network for husband killing poison. <laughs> they found their clients not by, you'll be shocked to know this. They don't just like hang up a sign on that, like in a, you know, just like go into an alley and there's a right. sign. It's like, kill your husband $5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were fortune tellers and likely abortionists and all of that. And so they would slowly learn who they could trust. And they mm. also learned who was stuck in unhappy marriages. Uh, so it's like they're, they're w- witches and, and tarot readers and fortune tellers mm-hmm. and therapists, you know? Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's like it's a necessary thing for society to yeah. have are these people who provide all of these services. Yeah. So to make their poison, they needed arsenic. And then actually, theoretically, the best guesses about aqua tofana is that it had antinomy and lead and maybe mercuric chloride, which was a treatment for venereal disease at the time. And my guess is what killed um, uh, Bathory's mm-hmm. husband, but I don't know. Rather than belladonna, which is what was like rumored to be in it, because belladonna mm-hmm. is a poison and it you know, has a romantic sounding name. Right, right. There are other things that were rumored to be in it, including many of which I've never heard of before. Toad flax. Spanish Fly, Snapdragon, Pennywort, and the Spittle of Mad Men. 
The spittle of madmen. I know, like imagine being like someone whose job it is to be like the madman who sells his spittle. Yeah. Like what if you yeah. went to therapy and you were like feeling better? You'd be like, no, I got to keep it up. I my, yeah. my job depends on this. Yeah, I also, because I am a dummy sometimes, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure, because I, 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 I don't know exactly, or I didn't know before mm-hmm. I read it right now, like where arsenic actually comes from. Okay, and I don't know. Please like, tell me. Well, it sounds like, okay, inorganic arsenic compounds, they're found in soils, sediments, and groundwater. They either occur naturally or as a result of mining or mm-hmm. smelting and industrial use of arsenic. Okay. Ar- organic arsenic compounds are mainly found also in fish and sel- in shellfish. So I'm wondering, like, how did these women procure? Ah, this is perfect. That is literally the next sentence in the script. Oh, oh my, see, I, it was worth the, the little fl- fumble there. But like, yeah, it says arsenic is found in the natural environment in some abundance in the Earth's crust and in small quantities in rock, soil, water, and air. Like, that is, that's wild. I don't know. It's just uh, yeah, something to think about. Yeah. So they needed arsenic. So they found a priest. They found one of these sort of fallen priests that mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier in the magical underworld. His name was uh, Father Girolamo, and his brother was an apothecary, and so he hooked them up. And this religious overlap continued. They didn't always sell it as aqua tofana, and it's actually possible they never sold it as aqua tofana, and that's just like the myth name that gets attached to it. But they definitely sold it for a while under the name Mana of St. Nicholas. Mm. And... Because when I first started researching this, it would talk about how it's sold as holy water or cosmetics. But the wacky thing is that it was both at once. Speaking of skincare routines, mana of St. Nicholas was meant to be the oil that dropped from St. Nicholas's bones where it was held in a church. Or maybe they like pour the oil over his bones. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And this holy oil got sold in the street as a, not as poison, as a, as a kind of regular scam. So this holy oil... Uh, when it, it wasn't just poison, it was a regular scam. And it was sold for the purpose of fighting acne and other facial blemishes. Interesting. So this is what they labeled their poison as. Because basically it's like the woman will have all of the different, um, you know, uh, cosmetics on the shelf and the man never touches any of them right, or whatever, right. right? So it's a safe yeah. place to put it. And yeah. so they labeled it in these like vials that look very holy and they have St. Nicholas on them or whatever, but it's just meant to be this like fucking, you know, face blemish cream mm-hmm. oil, whatever. Hey, facial oils are still used today. Oh, yeah. A lot no, of people I... stand by them. So it's like, yeah, they were onto something again. Yeah. You know? I, I don't use an oil. I use a cream, but I also, yeah. but I'm like, I like my crow's feet. I want everything else to stay youthful, but I like my the crow's, crow's feet. feet. is like a sign of like, you've lived a happy time. Yeah, you know? yeah totally. Yeah. I get out in the sun enough. The forehead wrinkles, yeah. I would take some oil that dri- dropped off of St. Nicholas's bones mm-hmm. and go clean that up. Yeah. Maybe the blood of innocents, uh, especially yeah. billionaires. Uh, the blood of yeah, billionaires on what's will... Yeah. yeah. Can we... Can Sophie, can we be sponsored by the blood of billionaires? Yeah. Why not? Hell yeah. Wow, she's the best. Yeah. And uh, it, is, it is that time. It's that time. You, well... You did that, you did that without even trying. <laughs> Do you have a husband? Is he a great person? If he's not a great person, are you living in a time when divorce is not an option? Well, Aquatafana, four drops administered to wine over the course of four months, and you will be a widow. Here's some other ads. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We are back, and speaking of people who are mostly in it for the money, these women were mostly in it for the money, right? That's, you know, their whole thing, which is like, people are like, oh, they're in it for the money. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're in it for the, like, means by which they feed themselves and take care of their families. Like, what a bunch of fucking monsters, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, but, I mean, it's like freedom mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like freedom from their husbands, but also, like, money will give you freedom as well in a lot of ways, too, right? Totally. It's the, it's, it's agency in a lot of ways, yeah. and the problem is that People have too much agency and other people have too little agency. Mm-hmm. But they w- did have some altruistic moments. And in particular, they would give the poison out for free to women who couldn't afford it, who really needed to reach widowhood. Decades into her poisoner's career, at least 21 years into it, probably longer than that, Julia Tafana died peacefully in her bed in 1651. She was like 70 years old. She didn't die from poison. She'd never been caught. She lived her oh. whole fucking life. As fucking, and she's actually, it's possible she invented Tofana and then like uh, named it after the, her mentor, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Um, and her friends, including possibly her stepdaughter, carried on without her. And I tried really hard. I, I think that, I think this is enough of a pop culture reference that I'll get Sophie's attention and love, um, which is why I make this podcast. I, um, you get that for free. Oh, thanks. Aww. So I tried to find an Earl killed by the gang because of the country song about killing Earl, Earl must die yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah thanks. Because um, I want to make yeah, it Earl's got to die, Joyke. Yeah. Um, but I didn't find an Earl, but I did find a Duke. Francesco Sessi, the Duke of Seri, was 30 years older than his wife when he suddenly died and she was suddenly doing way better in life. But in 1658, the Poisoner's Gang came to the attention of the authorities. And I, that's the way it's always phrased, right? I struggle to imagine that they kept it up for 30 years unnoticed. I bet they were paying someone mm-hmm. off. They were protected by some kind of crime syndicate or just, I don't know, the Catholic mm-hmm. Church, which was basically the biggest crime syndicate in Rome at the time. Um, because Why would they protect them, though? I presume money is mm-hmm. my main guess. Um, I mm-hmm. presume that they were paying someone off. Money, or, power. Right, right, right. Yeah, like giving them poison. I, I you know, yeah. uh, providing abortions for their mistresses. Like, mm, that's a good point. Because the magical underworld was an open secret, and the reason we know this is that the women who are selling this poison shit 
they like kept receipts and they like would like <laughs> issue written promises of payment like wow and i think it wasn't like payment re- for services rendered dead husband or whatever <laughs> but they were like being very above ground about uh how they handled a lot of their finances mm-hmm. but history doesn't like talking about whether or not they were in the bed with Catholic Church or some other crime syndicate or mm-hmm. something. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. But it seemed like an open secret, and I doubt that they were doing this for 30 years unnoticed. Right. How did they get caught? Multiple versions of the story. You will be shocked to know. One version of the story is that so many people were fessing up in confessional that the Pope decided he had to do something about it. Because I guess the peop- you know the priest would like turn around and tell the confessions to the Pope or whatever. Right. I don't believe that one. It's also possible that DeGrandis, the lower class poisoner, got entrapped by a woman working for the police who showed up with a sob story oh. and a desire to kill her husband. My, my guess, mm-hmm. and this is, I'm, I'm not a historian, I'm not allowed to make, whatever, I'm making this guess. I think they went down because they killed that Earl, because he died a year before mm-hmm. the investigation into them the started. Duke? Right, the Duke. They didn't kill an Earl, yeah. they killed a Duke. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And because when you're helping random people kill people, like whatever, but then when you when you get to a duke, maybe it's a step too yeah. far. Yeah. But I guess like if you're if they're doing pro bono poison poison services, then the er, the, the the duke client must have been a good like there there was probably money in that. How do you turn that down? I know. And like maybe the Duchess yeah. was like, shit's really bad, right? And she's married to some thirty year old yeah. older than her dude that like yeah. I mean, whatever. Maybe there's a happy. No, you know what I'm. If you are 40 and you date a 70 year old, I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, also around that time, they might have been stepping up their murders around the time that they started to get caught because there was a plague going through Rome at the time, mm. which was a particularly good time for men to die unnoticed. So either they were stepping up their murders or suspicion of them being murderers was going through the roof because all of these people were dying, right? Mm -hmm. Either way, the poisoner's ring goes down after at least 30 years, easily 50 years. Five poisoners are put up on trial, mostly poor women. Several of them are are beggars. One of them, Maria Spinola, her nickname is Grifola, which is a type of mushroom more commonly known as Hen of the Woods. Mm. And it's just a sick name. And anyone out there is looking for a new name. Just yeah, it out end there. of the woods. That's yeah, yeah. Grifola, you know. Grifola. The, yeah. And not all of the five who went down were widows. Two of them were happily married. Uh, <laughs> although one was married to her, like, fourth husband. Mm. I wonder what happened to the first three. I know. She really, uh, uh, I don't know, had some trial runs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tufana herself had remarried and stayed remarried. And actually, it was, like, her husband's daughter who continued on the gang after Mm. she died and i would say the kind of man who is willingly married to a crime lord poisoner who helps people murder their husbands is a keeper Mm -hmm. he's an ally yeah that that man is an ally yeah that man yeah god bless whoever whoever those people are but yeah he knows he's he knows he's part of the problem or (laughs) his his type you know yeah yeah and i I suspect it would never occur to him to do anything abusive or cruel to his wife. That's, yes, exactly. Uh, But you hear that? That's how you become an ally, everybody. Yeah. 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 So the the first poisoner who got arrested, De Grandis, she she named names, presumably after torture. Mm -hmm. Spana or Spara, the astrologer, she held out for months of torture before she confessed. And the, the torture they faced was another one I'd never heard of called mm. strapado, where your wrists are tied together behind your back and you're hung from your arms while your shoulders slowly dislocate. <sighs> what the fuck, medieval era? No, that I don't like that either. Yeah, no. That's icky. I know. I hate the people that, like, made these up. Like, Right? It's just like, well, mm. not mm. into it, right? And then they turn around and they're like, that woman is an evil murderess, as they're like, how else do you think we could make people unhappy? <laughs> yeah. I want to hear them scream more to hear yeah. my migraine. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. There's just a lot of migraines going around from, like, mm-hmm. the smoke in the air, burning trash. Yeah. Air pollution. Yeah. Really. Um, can you blame them? Uh, yes. The answer is yes. But worth noting for any listeners today, a couple of the women named names right away, and they were hanged with the rest because snitching doesn't pay. Mm, only, remember that, kids. Yeah. 
only starting off rich pays, unfortunately, when it comes to crime, uh, based yeah. on who survived this ordeal. I mean, also true today, so. Yep. Womp womp. 46 murders get heard out in court, and the five woman, women plus one of their clients were hanged in front of a huge crowd in 1659. And before her execution, Spana said, I've given this liquid to more people than I've got hairs on my head. Which fucking Hell rules. yeah. That rules. I love that. Also, just like, mm -hmm. even if they got caught, they helped so many women, probably. You know what I mean? They, they, yeah. they, like, not all those women that their clients, like, their clients didn't get caught, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So, many of them did, but oh. um, about 40 of them got put on trial. Wow. Um, but out of 600, yeah. you know? More than 40 lower-class widows get put on trial. Most of them get life in prison. One of them got hanged. And, okay, the fucked-up thing, we know the men who were killed were pretty monstrous because of the court record, because all of their abuse against their wives was heard in court and as evidence, but it was evidence for the prosecution. Because the fact that the men, like, beat their wives and shit was considered not as justification, but as motive. Mm. so it would be like how do you know this woman you know murdered her husband and someone would be like well her husband used to beat her and so they'd be like aha she's wow. the murderess interesting and cruel i know well also i guess it was like legal right to beat your wife yeah i presume so yeah damn the a complicated part to complicate no one's perfect a few of the husbands were murdered maybe for being gay Basically, like, he was fucking boys instead of me. But oh. at least in one of the cases, it was he was bringing home boys and making me watch. And I don't know what is meant by boys in this context. And also mm -hmm. forcing someone to watch is fucked up. So, like, maybe deserved a murdering. Maybe mm -hmm. did. It's, it's, yeah. I, I guess you can't just sell poison and expect it to only be used in good ways. It's another moral of the story, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But you know who didn't have to go on trial, Shireen? They're rich clients. Oh, yeah, right. So the, the Duke's the Duke's person, wife person, yeah. Yeah. probably just had a great rich life after that. Well, yeah, like basically, okay, so the, the priest that hooked them up with the arsenic and the rich clients weren't put on trial. The Pope himself mm. intervened to keep the names of the rich ladies out of the trial. They were interrogated separately for information, but not dragged in front of the judge and faced no charges. So basically, they were just like, turn state's evidence. Yeah. And assumably, like, they paid off. Like, they were, like, they bribed them or something. Like, I don't know whether it was a bribe thing or whether it was a, like, we don't want to look bad. Mm. And these women matter and these other women don't. Huh. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, it was, you know, I, I think you could buy indulgences from the Catholic Church at the time where you'd be like, I did a sin. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, all right, 100 bucks. Right, you right, know? right. Because uh, I definitely had bucks. Dollars was the currency of choice. Mm -hmm. Renaissance and yep. medieval Italy. Yeah, George Washington. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, who is this guy? Oh, you'll know one day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the priest guy, no one knows why he wasn't put on trial. He could have honestly been dead by then or church could have taken care of their own who fucking knows mm -hmm. but while only 46 of the murders were heard in court the holy roman emperor charles vi later had legal papers describing the death of 600 people caused by that particular poison so that's where we get wow. the 600 uh, mm -hmm. head count from them and the court records from the whole trial were locked up in a castle because the pope didn't want anyone knowing how to make the poison they weren't uncovered until 1880, so there was 200 years of, like, myth-making and folklore that muddy mm -hmm. the historic waters and are part of why we have such a hard time, like, right. tracking what happened. The name Aqua Tofana, it lived on. It became a folkloric term alongside water from Palmero for any, quote, slow poison. And for centuries, men lived in fear of this slow poison. Mozart, when he died, admittedly kind of suddenly, about 35 years old, which is like a uh, hundred years later or whatever. He's like, I have been poisoned by Aqua Tafana, he said. I didn't but, know that. And no one actually knows how he died. Um, it could have been poison. It could have been syphilis. It could have been food poisoning. 
Yeah. Poison's pork like five is young though. I know. Um yeah. yeah, there's like one that's like maybe it was like undercooked pork chops or whatever. Oh. I don't I mean, know. I mean it could have been a variety of things, you're right, at that time. Yeah. And actually, one of the main things that people thought was poisoning but wasn't was friend of the pod tuberculosis. Anytime anyone died of tuberculosis, people would be like, it was poison. Like, no, mm. honey, you're just living in the pre-antibiotic right. era. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's like, if you have no way of knowing how someone dies, and then yeah. you assume it's like this magical or like out of nowhere thing, and you can't exactly like prove otherwise, right. then... I don't know. Poison seems likely if it's like also this like fear mongering, like big rumor. Right. Totally. Like, yeah. 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 Everyone's afraid that there's all of these, you know, women running around poisoning everything. And, and some yeah. of them are right. Like mm-hmm. um, yeah. hundreds of men, you know, met their end because of this. But there, what's kind of interesting is that there were ways to find out. Sometimes you could tell an autopsy if someone had been poisoned. And, you know, you cut them up and you look to see what happened to their intestines and guts and stomach and shit, see if there's, like, different kinds of damage. But the thing about Aqua Tufana that became sort of magical, it was this poison that defied autopsy and shit. And it's like, yes and no. This concept of the slow poison that you could, if you control it just right, you could poison someone one drop of time over months and they die of natural causes months later. That's not real. Mm. or at least it wasn't real then, and I think it's not real now. And it was basically this, like, boogeyman moral panic thing um, that helped men become more afraid of women because they're like, oh, I'm slowly getting sick and then died. I've been slow poisoned by my wife. Mm -hmm. Like, most poisons that kill people at the time, including arsenic and probably including the actual aquatafana, you put some drops in someone's food or wine or whatever, and then they fucking die. Like, yeah. And Aqua Tufana was really good in that you didn't vomit all over right. the place. And, you know, it was like a, it was a better poison, but, and it was like harder to detect the damage to the organs and shit. Mm-hmm. Also, have you seen the movie Phantom Thread? I have not. This is, I mean, I guess, I don't know if it's a spoiler alert. If, I mean, if you want to go watch it, go watch it. Mm-hmm. But essentially the a couple uh the woman is poisoning her husband over time Mm -hmm. because she wants him to like need her so she can take care of him oh yes totally Mm -hmm. so maybe like there was love behind (laughs) a lot of these motives you know like they just wanted to the men to be like little babies that they should take care of but i mean it's just a paul thomas anderson movie and he deserves to be in jail solely because of how he treated fiona apple but that's another story um yeah. But I don't think it's another, I mean, I, okay, I, I, I don't know that particular story, but in some ways I, I don't think it's another story because I think it, that's a misogynist take. This mm. concept of the woman who is poisoning the husband, whether it's a literal a poison or whether it's the like draining his soul to make him reliant right. on her or whatever, is this misogynist myth and it kind of has the roots in That's very true. Well, in the movie, too, it's mm-hmm. very much romanticized because he eventually finds out and he just keeps going along with it because it's like, she loves me or whatever the, yeah. the moral of that was. But uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, but I guess that's a really good point. That is also a misogynistic take to be like, oh, she wants his attention so bad or like she like is so desperately wanting to seem valuable to someone. Yeah. yeah. And I'm... Yeah. I am sure there is someone in history who has done something like this, you know, but yeah, for sure. Just like concept. But the the one upside, right? So you have all of these, these women. Uh, so these men now, like if, if men die, people are like, it was the wife. Right. And I'm sure like a lot of got people got murdered for being poisoners who weren't poisoners. The one upside is I bet a lot of men stayed their hand because they realized the power that women had because of mm. the existence of Aqua Tufana. Yeah, put them in place. Yeah. So, so as it, as this thing became a legend, right? More poisoners took the name Tofana, at least one that we have a record of as a prisoner in 1730, 100 years after the heyday, she took the name Tofana. Another Italian poisoner witch who is still in Palmero was Giovanna Bonanno. And her nickname, and I'm literally including her in this because I like her nickname, <laughs> was the Old Vinegar Lady. Oh, which ruled. Her poison got called vinegar, and it was a mixture of arsenic, white wine, and vinegar. 
And she worked as a beggar and a poisoner, and she was hanged in 1789 because I guess being a poisoner is illegal for some reason. Yeah, weird. Um, but Old Vinegar Lady, also a sick name, might not be as good of a choice for someone um, who's looking for a new name. Up to you. Yeah, but it has a bite. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, no, no. 20 years, there's more poison. Hell yeah. 20 years Did after I say that hell main... Yeah? I don't know. I feel maybe I'm, maybe no, I'm too excited about this. Okay, go. No, no, whatever. Like, this is, this is cool. People do cool stuff. Like, like it's yeah. complicated, right? But, like, overall, like, what do you fucking want? You create a society yeah. where women, the only way that they can have freedom is to poison people. They're going to fucking poison yeah. people. And that's on fucking you. The women did not create yeah. that society. If anything, equality at that point would have helped the men. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if totally. they want killing to stop happening, they can just treat women like human beings. Yeah. You know? But yeah. that's that they would rather not have like they would rather the casualties than actual freedom for women which is another interesting shitty thing yeah some of us will die so that we can all hold our power over <laughs> exactly. our wives that makes us miserable too because the fucking mm -hmm. patriarchy is a prison for everyone 20 years after the main circle of poisoners from 1670 to 1682 king louis the 14th's court in france was rocked by a scandal called the affair of poisons that was kind of just a moral panic, but with some actual poison involved. Oh. It started with an aristocratic lady, Madame de Brinvillers, who killed her father and two brothers and tried to kill her husband. And she theoretically did this to get all their shit, like at their mm -hmm. estates or whatever, right? Um, that's the easy answer of why she did it. The real answer is, you'll be shocked to know, patriarchy. She, Surprise. Uh, supposedly, and I think this part is not true, but the... The legend against her claims that she practiced her poison by poisoning poor people in the hospital first. Like she like killed 30 peasants in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And she was accused of the murder of her brothers and dad, which was true. She murdered them. She fled. She got arrested. And then she was tortured because let's be real. It fucking it, whatever. Bad it feels times. like there's no death without torture at this uh, time. Yeah. There's one historian who claims that she wasn't tortured. Um, this whole thing became a bigger deal because it, 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 it like goes all the way up in the court. But mm -hmm. the, the torture, it gets now called the water cure. Uh, at the time, it was called being put to the question in France. And basically, she was forced to drink 16 pints of water, two gallons of water. She confessed and she was beheaded. Wow. But so she probably did it. But when she confessed... It came out that she'd been sexually assaulted probably by her dad as a kid when she was seven. She'd been sexually assaulted. She didn't say by whom. And also that she'd started sleeping with one of her younger brothers who she later murdered. And I have no idea what mm -hmm. age that happened or what direction the abuse went in that setup. Mm -hmm. Then she grew up and got married, even though she didn't want to get married. She wanted a divorce because she liked fucking around and she liked being a free person who was in charge of herself. Um, and specifically, she knew a divorce wasn't possible, so she tried to separate her money from her husband's money. And this pisses off her dad because it would ruin his reputation because royalty is fucking dumb. So her dad had her lover, a captain in the army, thrown into prison. In that prison, her boyfriend met an Italian poisoner named Exili, who had been wow. the, court, the court poisoner for a bunch of royalty in a bunch of countries. And... He teaches boyfriend the art of poison and boyfriend gets out of prison and he becomes a licensed alchemist so he can get arsenic and all that shit and starts making poisons. And the cool thread is that Exili might have gotten his information. He might have gotten his information. I read this whole article tracing the lineage between um, mm -hmm. Tofana, our, our heroes from last time, right? And Exili mm -hmm. and therefore all of these other murders. Um, so there's a whole long line, you know? It's the gift that keeps yeah. on giving. Yeah. Her boyfriend gets pretty good at making poisons, or maybe he just bought the poisons. Fucking stories yeah. change. I have a question. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. alchemists. Mm -hmm. They they're they are a legal profession. Yeah. Back then, apparently. What are they? What are they doing? So, like, what are what is alchemy? As far as like, if they're not killing people, mm -hmm. are they like having little potions that heal you? Like, is that the like what is what is it? So 
alchemy was like in some ways was like kind of the word for science before science and um mm -hmm. and so it was like people who were like studying shit and trying to invent different chemical shit again with a theoretical long lineage of trying to create the philosopher's stone and make uh -huh. gold out of lead or whatever but mostly alchemists i believe at the time were essentially apothecaries and were like druggists and you can go but they were able to get arsenic essentially yeah um, and I don't know exactly how the licensing thing worked in France at the time, but apparently he was able to get his license to be mm -hmm. an alchemist um, in the same way that the arsenic that the other people got was through an apothecary, right, you know, right, um, right. someone who had legal access to it, who then turned around and sold it on the side. Mm -hmm. And the suspected poison this time was arsenic and the essence of toads. And it really seems like all the poison at the time was just arsenic with something for flavor. You know, they were like, what if you mix arsenic with this? And you're like, well, yeah, it's going to kill yeah. someone because it's fucking arsenic. Um, <laughs> it's like the fucking, I don't know. Yeah, it's like your, your yeah. style, your brand. But one of the things that is interesting, she actually killed her husband. And I'm oh, sorry, her. She didn't kill her husband. She tried to kill her husband. She killed her brothers and her dad with like a super basic poison that was like really obvious when they like cut open, cut them open and looked mm. at their organs. And when they found her, they found super basic shitty poison, which I don't even think was arsenic-based. I can't remember what it was based on. And they also found clear vials of a suspected arsenic-based one. And in order to test it, they gave it to stray dogs and killed those dogs. Wow. Um, which happened a lot at the time. But did you know that Aqua Tofana would never kill a dog. Aqua Tofana only kills husbands. It will kill 100% of husbands 100% of the time. It is available for purchase wherever you get your magical charms. Any person you meet on the street who will give your fortune, actually don't go accost actual fortune tellers asking them for poison. But but they can get 20% off, right? With yes. The, with, mm -hmm. the, uh, co with the uh, code cool people. Yeah. You yeah. go in and say, I'm with cool people. And get 20% mm -hmm. off your Aqua Tafana. Remember to ask for Aqua Tafana. Margaret Kiljoy sent you. And mm -hmm. then murder your... Uh, uh, nope. Okay, Sophie's shaking her head. Uh, what an advice that sentence. Uh, ads! ads. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. 
Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. We are back from ads. And we are talking about how some poison shit poisoned. But the (laughs) husband may have been making... Sorry, the boyfriend. May or may not have been. I'm just using boyfriend and shit because if I, I, I started writing it all out with all their names used every time. And then I was like, I can't keep track of this many names. And if I was the listener, I would also mm-hmm. not keep track of this many names. And so I'm just going with boyfriend. Uh, you can look up the affairs of it. the poisons if you want to learn all of these people's mm-hmm. names. He wasn't very good at security culture. He might have been good at poison. Not good at security culture because he saved all of the letters from his girlfriend that said, Things like, oh no, hey babe, what if I killed everyone in my family so we could own more land or whatever? <laughs> uh, he dies. I actually don't know how he dies. I couldn't find out how he dies. It's he's a captain in the army. It's the 17th century, and he had just murdered some people. So stabbed with a sword, hanged by the state, and tuberculosis are my three guesses. Yeah. After he dies, like they found that. all the letters, and that's how she gets found out and tortured and executed. Well, during her confession, she says. Half the people of quality are involved in this sort of thing, and it could ruin them if I were to talk. And by basically saying that, she sent everyone into a panic. Wow. And put serious fear into the men at court. And my argument would be, if you don't want to be murdered by women, then don't create an economic system by which women can only inherit wealth if they murder you, but whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just the uh, start of the affair of the poisons. Because her killing the people isn't the affair of the poisons. That's just the actual poison murder. Um, instead, mm-hmm. it's this, like, breakup of the magical underworld scene of Paris. And, and I'm not going to do the whole details of the affair of the poisons because it's not actually cool. Pe- I think the underworld people are super cool, but I don't give a shit about royalty. Mm-hmm. It led to this crackdown of the criminal magical underworld of France. All the fortune tellers and alchemists, everyone selling aphrodisiacs and horoscopes and shit. And they might have sold poison and called it, quote, inheritance powder, which rules. <laughs> oh, they're inventive with these names. I know. I know. Yeah. One woman who gets called a witch and fuck it. I don't know. She's a witch. That's cool. Um, she might have been in charge of it all. She might have been in charge of this whole poisoner's ring. Or there might not have been a fucking poisoner's ring in the magical underworld at the time. I don't fucking know. Uh, her name was Lavoisin, which means the neighbor, which is a sick name for a witch. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone searching for new names, whatever. Okay, that one might come off oddly. She made her living selling love potions made with like afterbirth and shit. She was also maybe responsible for poisoning more than a thousand people. And after hours of looking into it, I cannot decide whether I think it's true. She ends up burned wow. at the stake. And it, I kind of think that the whole thing was made up after the, the woman mm-hmm. murdered the husband, the, the father, right? And the brothers. But yeah. the affair of the poisons leads to 36 people being executed, possibly as witch hysteria. Or there might have been priests with black masses and incest and poison and a garden with the bones of 2,500 infants. Lavoisin's garden. Wait, wait can you mm-hmm. repeat that? Really yeah, so supposedly when they, when they caught Lavoisin, I'm just going to say the neighbor because mm-hmm. I can't pronounce French. Uh, when they catch the neighbor, in her garden is buried the bones of 2,500 infants. Oh. And here's a contemporary description of one of the black masses from around from the poison affair which i'm guessing didn't happen whatever maybe it did there's a lot of evidence it did it's actually literally my skepticism is the only thing holding me from just saying this is true (laughs) everyone else is like this fucking happened and i'm like i don't fucking know about this right historians say this shit happened it probably fucking happened maybe not the garden of bones we're not sure and this is talking about the king's mistress and who was implicated in the whole affair but ended up surviving because she was the king's mistress So here's a contemporary description, quote, a long black velvet pall was spread over the altar and upon this the royal mistress laid herself in a state of perfect nudity. Six black candles were lit. The celebrant robed himself in a chasuble embroidered with esoteric characters wrought in silver. The gold paten and chalice were placed upon the naked belly of the living altar. All was silent save for the low monotonous murmur of the blasphemous liturgy. An assistant crept forward, bearing an infant in her arms. The child was held over the altar, a sharp gash across the neck, a stifled cry, 
and warm drops fell into the chalice and streamed upon the white figure beneath. The corpse was handed to Alavozin, who flung it callously into an oven fashioned for that purpose, which glowed white-hot in its fierceness. Yeah, the incantation of the priest, in case anyone needs the incantation. Astaroth, Asmodeus, princes of friendship and love, I invoke you to accept the sacrifice, this child that I offer you, for the things I ask of you. They are that the friendship and love of the king and the dauphin may be assured to me, that I may be honored by all the princes and princesses of the court, that the king deny me nothing I ask, whether it be for my relatives or for any of my household. Wow. I mean, first of all, what a pathetic little chant. Like, I know. very desperate. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. What if he loves me? What if he loves me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the princes of friendship and love threw me off. Like, that's... Uh... Shireen's has confirmed, not a sleigh. <laughs> not a sleigh. Not a sleigh. But also, I mean, like, most of that stuff, for me, definitely sounds kind of made up. Like, the... the right. Like, right? Uh, yeah, that, that is... I mean... This was written as a thing that happened at the time. I don't know. I, like, the affairs of the poisons, like, gets reported on as, like, all this shit happened, and I don't really believe a lot of it. I know that the, I know that people got mm -hmm. hanged. I think it was witch hysteria. Um, and probably yeah. someone listening knows way it's more about this. It's probably a starting point of truth. Yeah. 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 It's probably a starting point of truth, and then people get scared and yeah. make up a bunch of stuff, and... Yeah. yeah. Just implement misogyny over and over. Yep. The infants that were supposedly used in these rituals were alleged to have been acquired from sex workers or maybe are the fate of the people who come to the magical world asking for help getting rid of a baby. The priest involved was arrested and confessed. But again, that means nothing to me because everyone's getting fucking tortured, you know? But he theoretically confessed to that black mass and he died in prison. Mm -hmm. And in his confession, he claims that he sacrificed several of his own newborn children. Uh, I I don't fucking believe anything people who are confessing say. That's fair. But there were several homes for wayward priests around Europe for priests who'd started doing weird shit like that, like having black masses and things. So maybe it was actually kind of a big mm -hmm. problem. Uh, or maybe the moral panic was everywhere mm -hmm. and every priest who seemed a little sketchy, you throw them in the fucking home for wayward priests. And the whole conspiracy. That's so interesting. Right? I'm curious, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you, can the baby stuff be true? Like, do they really kill little babies to, for blood? Maybe. Uh, I bet that some of the magical underworld shit included killing babies. But also, killing of babies and shit with blood is, like, the core of, like, bullshit conspiracy type stuff and, yeah. and moral panics yeah. and things. So like, I bet mostly they were abortionists and they were mm -hmm. like, you know, love filter people and, and whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, but, and I, and I bet you the, the, I bet you the evil priests were just like also making love potions where they were like, hell yeah, I'm going to use my like holy powers of God to like, you know, make some love potions yeah. for people or whatever. And, and they all like had mistresses and were like doing like, or, or misters, I guess, and doing all kinds of shit that they like weren't supposed to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't stop thinking about uh, Rasputin. Uh, I don't know why. I feel like he's like a very famous man witch mm -hmm. or wizard or whatever <laughs> mystic. Witch. Right? <laughs> I like Manwich. <laughs> he is a snack. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's a Manwich. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but it's interesting that I don't know. Like he was a very public royal, like yeah, mystic or poisoner, whatever. essentially, yeah. or mystic. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just very. Uh, that was like not even that long ago. That was yeah. like late 1800s, early 1900s, yeah. or something. So, damn. Yeah, I mean, like this underworld existed, like, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it was really out in the open. And the question for me is just like whether or not, because I mean, I could imagine, like, I don't know, if you came to my house and arrested me, 
It would look real bad, some of the shit I keep around and the shit that I talk about on this podcast and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't, like, sacrifice babies or whatever, you know? Yeah. But if they would be, like, it'd be easy to make these jumps with a moral panic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The collapse of this whole conspiracy of poisoners, this particular new conspiracy of poisoners, apparently, and this woman probably was a poisoner, right? She probably was a selling people poison person, and I think the neighbor was, too. Um, she, she was a widow and a fortune teller and she bragged drunk at a party. It was her like girlfriend's party. (laughs) She bragged drunk at a party that she was doing so well in the poison game that she could retire soon, uh, which got the cops onto her who were like, hello, I would like to buy a poison, please. And she was like, hell yeah, I got you. Here's some poison. And they were like, just kidding. We are the police. And so her whole family gets arrested and her and her kids are all executed. I think burned at the stake. Oh, no. Uh, so don't brag drunk at parties about felonies you're doing. And then maybe... Mm-hmm. Good tip, good tip. Her whole family slept in one bed, all incest style. And this is a messier episode than I'm used to doing. Her lesbian lover, whose party it was, died under torture. And in the end, the state oh, no. killed 36 people, not including two di- who died under torture and an unknown number who killed themselves during the repression. 46 renegade priests were arrested, many of whom got life in prison, or I think that probably translates to sent to those homes for wayward priests. But the affair Mm -hmm. got kind of shut down once it reached the king's mistress, and she was never put up on charges. And the whole thing fucked France's reputation internationally, so much so that when the next crew of occultist poisoners cropped up (laughs) a couple decades later, because apparently there's a social need, in 1702... They just kind of quietly imprisoned the ringleaders indefinitely without trial and just were like, we're going to make this problem go away. We're not going to make it do another big stink. But anyway, men everywhere can rest a little bit easier knowing that divorce is legal and their wives have an easier way out of a bad relationship than arsenic. Yeah. Why are they complaining now? You know what I mean? (laughs) Y'all have it easy. Y'all have it so easy. Wait, who? The the men or the The men? Yeah, yeah, totally. Men. Yeah. They should, there should not be any reason for any complaints at this juncture. Yeah. But I mean, like, you brought up a good point, though, about it being a need. It kept popping up generation after generation or whatever, right? So it's really, it's pathetic, actually, how long it took them to even consider making men or women and men equal you know what i mean yeah to hold on to that power yeah or even just able to leave each other yes exactly like the concept of someone being property was also a huge issue obviously but like no i never never affected anything else right (laughs) no that's not even true yeah no yeah absolutely yeah 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 and it kept like like white men Mm -hmm. to be the the people that can wield power and only them and so like I don't know. Power is a disease. Yeah. And I don't know. Most people, when they get it, they, I don't know, they'll do anything to keep it. And that's unsettling to me. Would you say that the uh, cure for the power disease is arsenic? Ooh. Maybe not in a legally binding way. <laughs> you know what? I would. The fact that it's like literally in our earth is really ah, uh-huh. uh, magical to me, if you want to use that word. It's pretty sick. The fact that, like, I mean, like, a lot of things grow that are bad for us or or even just, like, magic arsenic mushrooms is bad or for whatever. Us. Just be real. <laughs> yes, arsenic is bad for us. Yes, arsenic is bad for us. Uh, there's, a, there's, like, certain berries you can't eat. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we are on this globe and the Earth is deciding what happens. You know what I mean? If the Earth wants to have some things that float around and can kill us. Yeah. You do you. Like, I support her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for uh, for coming on my How to Kill Your Husband episode. Um, <laughs> it was fun to do something a little bit out of my usual wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm honored. I was chosen for this. It was very fun. I learned a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah. This is the only, I think, podcasts are the, are the way I learn things now. And so I appreciate when they're good <laughs> things that are cool, you know? Well, I learned a lot from Shireen's history episodes on It Could Happen Here. And if other people want to learn from Shireen, they can do so by listening to Shireen on It Could Happen Here. Thanks, Margaret. 
Yes, I'm on that. I am also the co-host of Ethnically Ambiguous. And you can follow me on social media if you want. Shirohiro Instagram, Shirohiro666 Twitter. Also, after we're done, I have a joke to wrap this up. Okay. Well, my... Love that. Plug that you can, (laughs) before you wrap it up with a, a joke. You can also follow me on social media. I also wish I wasn't on social media, but I feel more hooked into it than I want to be. I'm on Twitter at Magpie Killjoy and on Instagram at Margaret Killjoy. And I have a book called We Won't Be Here Tomorrow that is available now in stores yes, now. go buy it. Go buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we like kind of shot ourselves in the foot because I also don't like social media and hate that I'm that connected. But like, I feel like if you're on a podcast, you kind of have to be front facing in a lot of ways, right? Yep. That's yeah. why I'm yep. on social media. <laughs> That's called self-sabotage. Yeah. Um, are you ready for my joke? I am. Absolutely. I'm ready. What kind of tea is hard to swallow? Honesty. Oh, that's a good one, but that's not the answer. But oh I will God. take it. I will take that, though. I mean, honesty is better. I was going to say rea- reality. Also reality. true. Also true. Yeah. Also true. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my joke. Thank you for coming to my joke. Big slay. Join us next week <laughs> for uh, Joke Hour with um, Shireen. That wasn't a very good joke. That's why it's with Shireen and not me. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be back next week. We'll be uh, back. We'll be back. Yeah. And you'll be, you'll be here too. And you'll listen to it because that's what you do. Huzzah! Bye! Thanks! Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.